Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a weekly episodic podcast <laughs> where two good friends <laughs> get together around a table and talk all things in the realm of hockey and the world of fantasy hockey. <laughs> I'm your host, Kyle Nice. And I'm joined by my illustrious teammate, Nicholas Costu. Nick, how are you doing today? <laughs> Honestly, lots of errors there. Yeah. I won't yeah. pick it apart too hard because it's your first time, but it's a building block. You'll, you'll, it's, a, it's a good starting point. Thank you. It is episode 37, just to clarify for the audience. Oh yeah, we, we can't for can't forget that. Forgot about that, big time. And uh, a very special episode because we're finally back in the studio here in the city, lovely city of Toronto. Rink Moose we- Studio. Weather is clearing up. Glad to be back. And uh, hey, it's a it's a big episode. I mean, we're we're here to we're here to wrap up the first round. <clears throat> Haven't got into that just yet. We're here to open up the second round, which just got underway the other night. So quite a lot of ground to cover. This week in this in this much anticipated live edition of the podcast, there is indeed Nick, and and just to give the viewers a sense of the anarchy that was the first round of the NHL playoffs, and I'm sure this needs no introduction. Let me let me go through our little bracket challenge that we had going here, Rink Moose, the professionals. <laughs> so, Nick, I think you had uh, two correct out of eight. Wow. And that's better than most. I had two correct out of eight, and I uh, I have zero opportunity to improve my points. Our best picker was Dante Delfico, who joins us today, and he had three picks correct, which is uh, extremely wow. impressive. And I think that will crush the median in terms of uh, everybody out there who's picked uh, these these stupid brackets. So much so that the NHL has, in the first time in their history, issued a second, right. a redo of the bracket challenge, which is, <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show anything that you thought uh, going into these playoffs, all the analytics folks out there, take a hike. As Pierre Maguire says, this is a character sport in the playoffs. <laughs> And uh, the an- analytics folks can uh, can suck one. And, and speaking of Pierre, I, I I had a I had a I had a few conversation points this week that kind of go away from just the games, but they're related in a way. And the first the first thing I wanted to touch on is I now this is conclusive as to why certain pundits in the hockey universe, Pierre Maguire, Bob McKenzie, do not do predictions. Mm. My theory is it's years like this, which they have nightmares of because they don't want to jeopardize their, you know, this Bob McKenzie status. You know, everyone thinks this guy's a genius, but if he starts making predictions and gets them wrong like this, then his reputation plummets. Bobby Mack, the dark Canuck eats shit. Mm. So here we are. And and this is this I finally realized why guys like this d- d- don't do predictions. Do you do you believe in that this theory of mine? It's a great theory. I'd like to liken it to uh, a Wayne Gretzky at the ripe age of fifty years old, strapping on the skates in in an NHL game and getting torched. Why the hell would he do that? 
he's got this legacy to maintain. Uh, you know, you uh, you don't want to muddy your your legacy. And and right now, Bob's got this uh, got this uh, this aura about him that he's just the uh, this all knowing mm-hmm. Bob father. And uh, yeah, it's silly to to in, in lower himself to these endeavors when there's it's just not an exact science. And and meanwhile, I ha- I did not find I do not have the clip on hand. But I'll tell you what, after the uh, the first round was over, Pierre was on the Ottawa radio. And when everyone, when the hosts were like, oh, Pierre, it's unprecedented year. It's a brutal year for all these favorites. Pierre said, oh, well, I had this team winning and I had this team as the favorite. So I'm not too surprised there. So like, hey, hindsight is always 2020. And there is Pierre. When you don't make predictions, you can always play the hindsight card and you look like a genius. Pierre has modeled his career off playing the hindsight card. I'd love for you to, or anybody, to bring me clips of Pierre making these predictions. So-called non-prediction maker is bragging about his predictions uh, on on radio. I had this team, you heard me on radio over here. Meanwhile, he's probably saying a whole other thing to the next radio station. So I'm not buying bullshit out of Pierre Maguire's mouth. In this, uh, in this case, Nick, this is a load yeah, of trash. Yeah, I, I expected it's, it's a, that response. It's dog trash. And as a Pierre lover, I kind of felt the same way. Oh, but uh, no one had this. Let's be honest. Come yes. on, nobody had no, this. No, no. I mean, no. They can run the statistics. I want someone at the NHL Network who's had all these brackets submitted, just like the NCAA does it for for, for Final Four. Tell me if someone got this bracket right to this point. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I can't I don't, believe anybody. I don't did. think so. What before we dive in here, Nick? I, I will. I just want to clarify this. I want to get this out there. Uh, as long as it's not Boston or St. Louis, what's great about this year is a very wholesome team will win the Stanley Cup. Oh, so St. Louis isn't a wholesome team. No. Why not? Just not for me. Well, that's subjective. Yes. I'm saying objectively, they're a wholesome team. Um, last place in the NHL, January third. Yeah, no. Were, come on, that's no, okay, wholesome. Objectively, they're wholesome, but just not for me. Like yeah. a- any other team wins, and, and I'm going, you know, good for you. Okay, I'm, I'm happy for this franchise. Okay. Uh, but the St. Louis Blues, for personal reasons, uh, a lot of those reasons are sitting right across from me. I can't be happy. <laughs> well, and the other thing that's related to this <clears throat> that I want to touch on is a part of me when I was thinking about this the other night was. Why why does the regular season even mean anything anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, why not just shut your brain off for all 82 games, wipe hockey out of your life, get up for playoffs, and then watch every playoff game, and you'll wake up just like the fan who sat through all 82 games. I want you to give me the debate <clears throat> for why I should watch regular season hockey because I'm on the verge of quitting watching Holy regular shit. season hockey. Well... You know what, Nick? It's a great question that this of all years raises that debate even more intensely. Um, There was a quote out there. I forget who it was from, but it said, you know, the regular season is where players make their money and the playoffs is where players make their legacy. Uh, The only only solid concrete answer I can give you is we watch the regular season to get a sense of you know, who these players are and to enjoy the game, to enjoy the game itself, not necessarily, not necessarily taking stock so much into it that we can predict winners in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but seeding's important. Uh, these, these teams do have something to prove throughout the regular season. Um, they have to show a level of consistency 
uh, a team that can show consistency is generally very well managed, very well coached, and and has players that buy in. So in, in all intents and purposes, it's it's generally a, a good source of knowledge for these uh, these crazy playoffs. It's just we're we're seeing a crazy year, but uh, for me the regular season mostly is. I want my team to be in the playoffs. I don't necessarily care where they finish. And uh, I want to see some beautiful hockey. I want to enjoy the game. Yeah, sure. It just There's a part of me that's like, why did I bother sitting through all those 82 games, dissecting the teams, making notes when I'm just going two for eight? Right. And I'm sure the Ray Ferraros and the Craig Buttons of the world feel the same way. It's like a waste of my time. And now I look like a clown. Mm. And we'll get into more clowns later on in this show. Absolutely. But the point is... It just, it's got me thinking. And Especially I, all those Tampa fans out there who probably were talking a bunch of shit mm-hmm. online. Hey, guys, we're the fucking greatest. No, they're modest. They're modest. Well, some I've, some I've, guys perhaps were Lots were of them are modest. That, but, and then, boom, they get fucking snubbed. They're probably thinking your, your line of thinking times 100 right now. Right. I can't imagine how that fan base, which is supposed to, they want it to be growing, can go through that season and say, hey, guys, don't worry. We'll be Adam next year. Right. Like, I don't trust you. And, even, and, even if you set another record, I don't trust you. So it's tough. And another fan base, and I think this will be a good segue to the first matchup we want to get into to conclude the, fi- the, fir- the first round, Yeah, the much publicized, much talk about first round of the Leafs versus Bruins. <coughs> and I'm sure a ton of Leaf fans are telling themselves that exact same thing. Fuck the regular season. It's all about the playoffs. And boy, the curse is real. Remember my uh, my little segment on the hockey gods and bad karma? Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking that because we watched Game 7 at this nice Boston pizza. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that until right now, now that I, now that I remember. But, I mean, listen... I was I was watching that game and at the end of the day it's that's where everything started to make sense. Boston made pretty much zero mistakes. Mm. Toronto made two blunders. Mm. Um Travis Dermott and Jake Gardner made two obvious blunders and it was in the back of the net. That's a 2-1 game, Nick. No one player on each on either side really took control of the game. No one stepped up. This wasn't a Bergeron march to the no. finish. This wasn't Austin Matthews taking over. It wasn't John Tavares' show. It was two mistakes were made and the game's over. This was not a heroic Game 7. This was not a glamorous Game 7. This was Boston played mistake-free hockey. And Toronto, as we knew from the regular season, had those defensive blunders. And they... They cost him. And I, I hate to say it, but Gardner is wearing the horns again. Dermot will get a pass because he's young. And, of course, Gardner's going to wear these horns because that poorly timed reverse play behind the net. And it's a shame. So he's gone? <clears throat> it's over? <sighs> he's going to have to have to take a steep discount to stick around. If I'm Gardner... Do you want to come back? I'm out. Yeah. Why would I want to come back? I... I'm not. Uh, I'm not trusted around here. I, I'm. I'm ridiculed by this fan base. Yeah. I want a fresh start. I know I'm a good player. Gardner's a good player, and uh, I think if he gets a fresh start, people are gonna see him for who he really is, which is mm-hmm. exactly that. So if, if I'm Gardner, I mean, I'm. I don't care how much. 
that's what we'll have to what we'll have to consider is how much does he like the the city and the players around him. But sure. if I'm Gardner, I'm going. And, all things considered. And just two things on this series that I want to touch on before it escapes my mind. <clears throat> One being, I can't help but feel like I can't really... Other Yes, those two blunders in Game 7, that cost them the series. But if I'm going to remember one thing from the series, for me, it's Game 6 and not winning in Game 6. Mm. I swear to God, I woke up that Sunday morning. I found out the game was in the afternoon. It was on home ice. A part of me when I woke up that morning felt like they're going to get over the hump th- right. today. This is the day. I felt like that. And I watched CBC's coverage before the game. Ron McLean gave this great speech before they hit the ice. Ending with something along the lines of, quote, this is their moment. Like he wow. said that before they stopped on the ice. And I'm like, they're winning this game. They're, they're doing this. <clears throat> Riley scores the goal. I'm like, it's happening. It's done. The, the, the ridicule, the finger pointing, it's done. This team is going to get over the bump. Mm-hmm. And they take a stupid penalty. Stupid goal goes in off a guy's shin pad and past the goalie. A few minutes later, they take another penalty. It's 2-1. And that, 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 was the, that, to me, is the swing moment of this series. I think the Leafs were on a trajectory going right on. Perfect game five. You take the lead going into home. You can close it out at home. You don't have to go to that godforsaken building at TD Garden anymore. And shit hits the fan 10 minutes into the first period. They had it, and they dropped the ball. Yeah. You concur? They started great. And then... From what I can gather, it was all Boston until the third in which, I mean, Toronto showed like a great pushback. And this is what gave me so much hope for game seven, that Toronto was surging and and late in the third from, I think, the 10 minute period uh, moment onwards. I was I was Matthews was firing and it was looking so good in this momentum. And and Riley looked so dynamic back there. I, I, I left that game thinking, you know what, if they can carry this momentum then we've we've got a chance this is a blown opportunity but i'm not out of this yet but it just didn't materialize so it was a blown opportunity they they they've lost it in the second period they started well and then they just they fumbled they mentally they they lost focus so it's, and, uh, it's yeah, a shame we, we don't we don't disagree there and then i think the other thing we need <coughs> to touch on is 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 the babcock character uh, I highly so, contested. So yeah, it was it was the the game seven was the night before my exam, my final exam at school. I write the exam. Everyone goes out that night, and the whole talk at this party is about Babcock and how he has dropped the ball and how he lost the game for them. Everyone I spoke to who was passionate about this team was telling me he needs to go. It's on him. I how I was right. I was telling all these people in October about how he was an overrated coach and how he gets too much respect for not doing much, having not won a series, having only won one series in the past some, like eight years or some shit like that. Um, I was right on this, and everyone was telling me that, and they were all saying he's got to go. Do you concur? They, po- uh, they pointed to the ice time thing. They pointed to how he utilized Marlowe, Gauthier, all these pieces, how he wasn't desperate enough, how 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 Butch Cassidy played his top line when he when he stopped with the Butch. No, Cassidy. I'm gonna call him Butch Cat because he deserves to be called that because he he smoked Babcock in this series. He's aggressive. He overplays his top players. He overplays them on the power play. He leaves them out there when they're tired and they score goals. He's aggressive. Babcock was a bitch. 
Overly, <laughs> overly conservative. Do you agree or disagree? Mike Babcock is like a poor stepfather. A guy that comes into your life late <laughs> and he acts like he's never wrong. He's a stubborn character. Yes. And even though you tell him, Mike, listen, things might be better this way. He'll go, nope, that's wrong. And it's wrong because I say so. So what we saw, well, let's get into some of these things. Austin Matthews played 1840 in game seven. Um, Patrick Marlowe was on the ice with three two or three minutes to go even though he's had a very rough series um what else, what else are they talking about uh Kadri's the fourth line you talked about that the fourth line I don't they were pretty good he got two yeah but they like they didn't they had the puck in the op- opposition zone but they didn't generate anything there was no right. high quality scoring chance that Gauthier had he wasn't going to score right and I, I mean I, I looked down the bench at Nick Patan that's a hell of a player you got and he didn't see the the ice at all um I think Babcock is, and, and the problem with me, and put all this aside, the problem with me is he did not admit any blame. That's, yes, I was just about to say when, that. When all was said and done, everyone took a little piece of this pie, including Dubas. You heard that, eh? Yeah. The end of the season interviews. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah. It's a day of no hockey, just drama. And <laughs> just I love drama. that shit. Clean out your lockers Clean and Clean out let's your lockers talk. and talk. Talk yeah. shit. And did you hear the little interview at uh, Babcock got pissed post game? They're like, uh, one guy asked him, "Did you? Uh, so you played Marlowe uh, with three minutes to go? What was your thinking behind that, knowing he hasn't played very well?" And he goes, he goes "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." He, he was getting all him. defensive. He was getting all like, I was like, "Oh my god, is he gonna fight this guy?" And uh, it, it's a bad look for him. Um, I think he's a fantastic coach. I just think. That he will only succeed if he has his key pieces. If if he has his his Team Canada genetic, if he has his Team Canada DNA, his his Detroit of old. If he's got his key pieces, I think Babcock can succeed. But I don't think he's malleable enough to adapt into a role where he's not comfortable. He's made it clear he hasn't liked this roster. He's made it clear he wants to add more heaviness. Um, and it, but you know, it's Dubas's team. And if he can't adjust to what Dubas wants, then he's not Toronto's coach. I'm sorry. I think he's a great coach if he gets exactly what he wants, but you need to be able to adjust my friend. I mean, you're not the general manager. So in that case, I think he is, he's, he's failed. So if he, if he doesn't switch that up, um, then I say he's not uh, the right coach for Toronto, but I'm not willing to close the door on him this year, this coming year. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is a little premature because at the end of the day, you ask yourself, who can replace him, right? Who's the replacement and how can he do any better, right? Right. So that's a that's a big factor here. And going back to the whole Dubas-Babcock thing, I, I just loved how Dubas ha- handled himself. Oh, I, always. For, for such, so courteous for such a young man to stand yeah. up there and just every reporter who asked him a question, he'd always mention that person's name. Oh, well, you know, here, John, I mean, uh, this. Oh, here, yes, Ben, I understand what you're saying. Da, 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 da. Like, he, he was so great and courteous with everything he said. And meanwhile, Babcock just disrespects everyone. Yeah. Dubis is saying, oh, Nylander, that was my fault. Oh, uh, the fact things haven't progressed with Marner yet, 
my fault. Mm. Take, he was fault, 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 fault. He must have yeah. said it's my fault four or five times in that interview. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing because it means you're a shitty GM, but at the same time, it, you're just being an honest, good chap. Whereas Babcock's just the fucking opposite. Not mm-hmm. once did he say, I'm being held accountable for this. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm always impressed with how Dubas hands, handles himself in the media. But uh, I got to mention to the viewers here that uh, Nick over here, he's sitting here with a Hartford Whalers jersey on with, uh, with the tags hanging off his wrist. So I'm just so confused of why you're keeping those it's things right on. out of the bag. <laughs> I literally had no time between coming home and seeing this jersey in my room. Man, I wouldn't even put the thing on without taking the damn <laughs> tags off. Like, how, how are you sitting here with, with your... I, uh, hey, you guys showed... I showed up. You guys showed up the next second, and I want to put this jersey on. So Holy hell. On until this show's off. Wow. Okay. Leafs discussion's over. 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 Put it to rest for the rest of the year. I briefly want to touch on the final two Canadian teams that were ousted. I don't want to go too, too in-depth here, but okay. I want to quickly close out St. Louis Jets... Okay. As well as Colorado, Calgary. Right. Takeaways, disappointments. What ruffled your feathers in these two two series? Uh, well, let's start with Calgary. And I know we we kind of we went in depth on this uh, on the, the last episode, but now the series has ended in five games. And uh, my main takeaway: a huge soundbite from your eventual Norris winner, Mark Giordano. He basically put the NHL on watch. He said, if you guys don't think Nathan McKinnon is a top NHL talent, you better take a look at this series because you're dead wrong. Now, Nick, let me ask you this. Is that comment from Giordano respect or an excuse? Do you admire that kind of praise for a guy who just beat you or do you kind of sour When he talked about McKinnon? Yeah. Does that rub you the wrong way at all? I don't think so. Disrespect. I, mean, I think yeah. it's just, yeah, respect from a very prideful guy. And I think right. everyone knows him to be that guy. He's the captain of that organization. I don't think you expect the, the captain of a team to throw shade. No. I think you expect him to be honest, on an honest chap. And when he sees excellence, he's going to admit it and he's going to, he's going to, you know, congratulate the guy. Because I don't see anything wrong with that. Pure veteran move. Pure um, veteran move. Class. Next thing I, I, I really want to. This is a, a main storyline. The disappearing, the disappearing act of Calgary's top line, Monahan, Lindholm, and, and especially Gaudreau have just disappeared. And someone said, I think it was Jeff O'Neill, the O Dog on TSN. Uh, he said, "Can we call him Johnny Hockey anymore? No. Can we even call this guy Johnny Hockey? You know what? I've seen several times now. This guy just pull a Casper on us and disappear like a ghost." in these playoffs he was nick he wasn't just bad and i said this before he was to a point where the puck was on his stick and he would fumble the thing he wouldn't even get it off properly the thing would just jump off his stick i think he was scared out of his mind i think the matchup between him and mckinnon he was way he was in way over his head he's like i have to compare myself to this guy and he's looking lights out so this guy's mentality just went through the fucking toilet and uh, once Gaudreau lost his, his confidence, uh, Monaghan and Lindholm followed suit. So when that was done, it was like the tower has fallen and there was just no picking it back up. The, the last thing I want to say is Matthew Kachuk scared me for about one game. Mm. And this guy was my X factor, X factor in this series. If Colorado was to lose, I thought it would be this guy. But the intensity 
kind of petered out after that uh, first first game there. Goudreau, he mi- he missed on that breakaway, correct? Like he just missed the net. Kale McCarr has more goals than how does that Goudreau. happen? Yeah. I'm not a forward. How do you miss the net from like the hash? Not even from the fucking in front of the net. You miss the net. Yeah. I'm telling you, this guy was not in his right mind. How do you do that? His confidence was shot. What happened? Like physically, the stick. (laughs) I can't. No one can explain it, Nick. It makes no sense. He was terrible. I watched that clip. He just shook his head. Didn't even back check on the way back. And then they scored on on the opposition run on the other side of the ice. Yeah. He was terrible. Terrible. I've lost a lot of respect for him as a player. Agreed. I will not be keeping him in my fantasy league this <laughs> After year. After a career year. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep uh <clears throat> Ovechkin and Marshawn instead. Wow. Instead of him. He, yeah, he did not Bold make the cut. Pick. Bold. Bold pick. And uh yeah, I was not impressed with him. And I gotta say, I did not get into this with Kale McCarr last time. This kid has character through the roof. Yes. I heard interviews with him. He is so great. He's so, such a class act. Tell me in particular, because I don't think I've heard these. Well, he's, there's nothing in particular. There's no single moment I can. You just know. I he's so he's so confident with how he talks that he's not he's not overly confident and just a prick. He's just he's such a like he's just a genuine good chap, good Canadian chap. Mm. He's just he's just like he's not dumb either. Like he's a smart kid. You can tell oh, who really got smart. through school. <clears throat> um, I wish I knew what he majored in. Like, uh, I, he seems like a very smart kid. And um, even Pierre, when they mentioned that to him, Pierre would not shut up about his character. Because when, when Pierre was going through his uh, testicular cancer, he uh, <laughs> when he was going through his cancer in Boston, he went a lot to see him play. Who, Pierre? Pierre, when he was recovering through his cancer, he saw Kale play a lot. And, and they'd talk a lot, him and Kale, during that period. And he wouldn't shut up. He, they grew. They had a camaraderie, Kyle. I know you don't want to believe this, but they're very tight, the two of them. And uh, and he just he would not shut up about how Kale was so respectful of him and his condition during that time, and and how they were just getting along, and and how he wouldn't like he was just a very smart chap, and he mm-hmm. and he just loved the kid. So when Pierre's talking about glowing character, I think you got to read into that. Well, I seriously can't remember if I mentioned this before, but. Uh Kale has this unique characteristic that comes that comes across in interviews and sometimes on the ice where he's he's got this robotic nature to him. It's like nothing. He's got a Carey Price nature to him mm. where, where big moments don't phase him. I think I heard something about uh, Gabe Landeskog picked him up for his first NHL playoff game and he goes, hey, how, how you doing, Kale? And he goes, eh, not bad. How are you? He gave it. He just gave a totally cool response. So this guy's cool as a cucumber, That's just great. like Carey Price. That is great. Um, and just to mention on the smart thing, I read a, I read an article on him in the Athletic, and it said when he was young, he wanted to be one of two things: uh, an NHL hockey player or an engineer. Nice. So he's always had great uh, nice. great grades, and I know he's actually won NCAA Scholastic Player wow. of the Week. Wow! At wow! At least once. Wow! At least once. I like this kid even more. This is yeah. good. This is groundbreaking this material. <laughs> he is working up the power rankings. Why the fuck does that? How, how many guys? How in does the that league, rub you how this many, hard? How many guys in the league can I say have won scholastic awards? Not many, I guess. I'm an, as, I'm an aspiring lawyer, and to hear that is I, just 
is just something else. I mean, myself personally, I just kind of read this and glanced over oh, and moved on up. pretty that, quick. But no, you, know. you score fifty goals in three straight years, or you win Scholastic awards. I care more about the Scholastic awards. Holy Thumbs shit. up to Kale. Congratulations to Kale McCarr, as Ray Ferraro would say. Yeah, and we can't wait to get into that series later. But yes. let's let's move on. Move over on. To uh, uh, Jets and Blues. Jets and Blues. Quick here. Um, quick here. Uh, crazy because we had the podcast last episode. It was during that game. I think we're where we finished. We finished. It was game five in okay. in 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 Winnipeg. They finished the game. We go off the air. There's five minutes left on the game. I go perfect timing. I'm not even heading home. I'm sitting in the office. I'm turning this on. This was the backbreaker. It was the backbreaker. Uh, literally, as I turn it on, Sunkfist scores the goal. It goes to replay because the nets <clears> knocked <throat> off. That's the turning point. We talked about turning points. Game six, Boston, Toronto, in the power plays. This was the turning point in this series. Winnipeg had the series. Dunzo, yeah, he scores on the on on the break he creates, and then out of fucking nowhere, Tyler Bozak, which I know the Overdrive boys gave him shit for this play. Total, like he's teeing up a drive on the golf course, just tosses the puck in front of the net, hoping for something to happen with 15 seconds left in the game. The pass isn't even across the ice. It's fucking six inches, eight inches off the ice, not eight, 12 inches off the ice. And this hits Jaden Schwartz. What, not even, he fucking bats it with his stick? Is that right? I think so. And he just magically bats it off his stick. If you did this like 10 times to Jaden Schwartz, he doesn't do this. He only does this once every 10 times. And he just happened to do it this time. It's the game winner. And quite frankly, I think it ended the series. Because you go back to the to the St. Louis game, I think they had like eight shots on goal through the first two periods. They looked destroyed. They looked phased, dazed, and confused. Um, <laughs> it was a tragedy, and I think that's when the game got away from them. Mm. The series, sorry, the series right. got away from them. Yep, and we, and something we we touched on is the winner of that game six or or game five. The team to go up, uh, yeah, three to two is going to win this series because it's just too hard in that tight series. So um, my main takeaway here is uh, Jane Schwartz has really impressed Oh, you me. like him now. He's in your good books. So he's Nick, really Nick, Nick wouldn't shut up about him, and now you see what he's talking about. No, I, like, no I, I'll say, I would give you that credit if it was Ryan O'Reilly. Before that game, I said this man, in our preview show, I said this man can run a line by himself. You didn't say that. I did. I don't remember. I go back in the tapes. I don't remember, <laughs> but no, I got I got to give this guy credit. I, we all know he had the hat trick in that game seven, but I mean, even the the highlight against freaking Dallas the other day, like this guy is is extremely impressive, um, and uh, you know, it's, it just didn't go right for for Winnipeg at the end of the day. Their their top players played pretty good, but I think St. Louis has this strange magic to them, at least for now where it, it was going to take more than Winnipeg to, to douse the flame. So I don't have too much to say about it. I'm disappointed. That was my cup pick, which is fucking horrible. So, yeah, we, we've got a, a lot to talk about in, uh, in San Jose, Vegas. So let's, uh, let's mosey. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to talk more about the St. Louis team, given those are my boys. You know, those are my team. That's my team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll get into it with their preview with the next series. Yeah, the good thing is yeah. they're still around. They're still around. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to talk about them an ample amount. Yeah. Um, final series, correct. 
No. We saw the Yeah, Vegas, Washington. San Jose. Washington. Carolina. Oh, fuck. I know. That, and that's coming from the guy wearing the Carolina jersey <laughs> right now. I know. Okay. So, Carolina and Washington. Right. I was getting sloshed this evening, so I did not know what, ha- what, what happened at all. Okay. Um, I watched the condensed game. <laughs> to me, did you watch the highlights of the condensed? The condensed game? game. Good for you. I don't watch highlights. I watch condensed game. You, how long does that take? Eight minutes. Oh, Ten minutes. Pretty good. Something like that. Pretty good. Anyways, the way I saw it, Braden Holpe let his team down. That's my storyline. I saw the first goal by Aho. Looked mm. like me during Shinny. Like, <laughs> did you see him? He fuck. He not only was the rebound bad, but he fucking. What the? Fuck yeah, he was lifted that? Inst- when the shots coming. He he lifted his pad in the air. What was that? And the, and the puck was under the pad. Yeah. So if he just left the pad in normal position, he would have saved it. Is that right? If he was paralyzed, he yeah, he would have saved it. He would have. That was odd. Saved so it. the rebound was odd. Like it's like you can't catch it with your mitt. Like you have a fucking catcher's mitt for a reason. Catch yeah. the puck. Yeah. It's coming at you. Like it's not even a fast shot. It's a. It's like you fucking fan on the shot, and he can't even catch it. And then, like you said, the rebound was disastrous. Um, Disaster. I'm trying to think of the other goals against. Oh, against Holt. There was one the, more I oh, didn't the, like. The, the third goal. Uh, the third Jordan goal. Stahl. Yes, from the from, bad angle. From the, he was overplaying to one side yeah. and it beat him on the far side. He just entered the blue line and it was far side. I did not like that at all. No, he had tons of room on yeah, the left side. Those, those two goals were odorous. <laughs> um... I, like in in Washington, to be fair, Washington was in control. Like they had a good game. Nothing. They had a good game going into the Aho goal. They're up two nothing, right? They're up three one after that Kuznetsov snipe. Just hold the fort together, man. Yeah, and he couldn't do it. It's and sad. It's very sad when this is a guy who's won a cup. You this think? is this is a team that beat Tampa in Game yeah. Seven last year. They were down three two. They had to win a Game Six and a Game Seven against John Cooper's Tampa Bay Lightning last year. And they yeah. did it. And they couldn't beat this ragtag group of schmucks from Carolina. <laughs> I was I was fat. I saw the score when I came when I, when I woke up the next morning, th- double overtime four three. I was shocked. And when yeah. I saw the highlights, I'm like, this is unholy. Absolutely. And we even saw. I mean, we had Kuznetsov playing, the, sh- shooting that goal, and we had Ovi putting up probably the goal of the playoffs. That thing was a yeah. thing of beauty. It was cut from God's fucking chapel. That was unreal. So from all I can see, everyone in Washington showed up. Holtby didn't show up. And then let's uh, well, let's not sugarcoat it. The the overtime winner was nothing against Holtby or anything. It was kind of a fluky mm-hmm. play. We saw Mister Game Seven yeah, work a, work a little bit of magic here. But uh, to the fact that they're in that overtime, it's on him. Two yucky, disgusting yeah. goals. So I'm super, super over the moon about this, Nick. I'm so happy Washington is, is cut. Because good. Because, you know, if Pittsburgh's down, fuck Washington. And I think they've, they've had their time. And like we, like we said, this is a wholesome team that's moving forward. This is a team of, of just full-on characters. And you know what? We'll bring it back all the way to the the Andrei Svechnikov fight. This is where everything turned around. They were down. Mm-hmm. They were seriously getting pounded to the ground. After that fight, this team just turned into uh, a whole new team. Fair. So who knows how far they can take it? I know they've won tonight, won nothing. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into that series very shortly. 
Um, but uh, good for them yeah. and Holtby. Um, you know, check yourself. In in their defense, though, and I don't know if this changes Holtby, if you change the blame on Holtby, but, I mean, they did lose the TJ Oshie. That's critical. He's critical. That's, yeah. a, t- that's a top three player on your team. Yeah. Right? Him, back, Backstrom, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, him. That, that You can't lose that. Sure. Like, that's the equivalent of Toronto losing uh, someone very significant. Like, like a, Kadri. No, like a Matthews. No. Yes. No, it's yes. not the same. Yes. It's not the same. Matthews is their one. He's their B third best center. player. He's their third. Matthews is Toronto's third best player. Okay. Washington's third quasi third best player is Oshi. But Matthews is a guy that can literally take okay. over a game. Let's negate not, that. Yeah, yeah, the point is they lost him. Gotcha. They lost Kempney, who was a top pairing defenseman. Believe okay. it or not, okay. maybe not a flashy name, but he Definitely played a role not. in their run last year. Mm-hmm. You lose those two, I immediately have doubts about your chances of winning the cup. Apparently, Oshi was going to be out long term. So I was, I was, I, even if they did advance, you know, I wasn't too, too optimistic about them. I made mm-hmm. that prediction about them making a run, but that was with Oshi healthy. So, you know, I look back at it. He got injured. I guess it kind of makes sense. Carolina won. And one last thing. I loved the Mrazic Brindamore hug. The oh, first thing Mrazic does when it. they win the game in overtime is skate to Brindamore and hug him. I thought he, I thought he did like a, a he skated towards the group and slid on his stomach like a, no like a dummy. he went to Brindamore the shot was him hugging Rod Brindamore oh that's great how often do you see a goalie in his sweaty equipment hug the coach that's great that's great there's I something that. about that just body we don't, we're not in the dressing room we don't know what these conversations are like mm-hmm. but the just seeing that as a viewer I'm like this is something different than other teams like yeah. no other team would do that. Martin Jones doesn't hug Pete DeBoer at that at that at that game at the game winning goal. He doesn't. No. There's no that camaraderie doesn't exist. So I was so happy to see that. I love how Brindamore I love how Brindamore coached Justin Williams. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Mm. Or no, they, yeah. they played they together yeah. on the Stanley Cup winning yeah. team and now he's coaching Williams. It's just great. there's storylines there I just fucking love. And, and he's the captain yes. to the coach. Yes. Those guys, yeah. It's so great. It's it's probably a great room. They have that pig who they <laughs> tailgate with before the games. <laughs> who the fuck is that? It's awesome. Like so many things about this fan base I love. Hmm. State of Carolina, this jersey I'm wearing right now. I am a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Cool. So that's your team out of the East? We'll, we'll get into it later. <laughs> yeah, final series, most important series. I want to take the lead on this one. May I? Uh, no, before you do that, I just want to quickly mention that um, Slavin was... What? Uh, Slavin had... Slavin, yes. Nine a, points? Slavin seven games? had about eight assists. In seven games, which is a record. Nine points, yeah. I think it's a, a record for Carolina and maybe perhaps even some sort of other record. But incredible. And we've we've been tooting this guy's horn for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, incredible defenseman. Totally underrated. Uh, Brett Pesci's another guy, but Slavin was incredible. So watch out for him coming up. Vegas San Jose. <clears throat> the... Wow. Everything going into this game was awesome. Wow. We had in the afternoon we had the the trash talk between the coaches. We already had trash talk in the series between Thornton and Reeves um about you know how one guy can't see, how he's getting old, how he's 40 years old, how Evander Kane took him took him to 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 
you know, took him all the way with that fight, there was trash talking already. Mm-hmm. And then the coaches get into it. So much so that Gerard Gallant has 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 just has the stomach to call the mastermind Pete DeBoer a clown in public. <laughs> what did you think, Kyle? Um I thought uh Oh shit. I thought he was kinda acting like a baby. DeBoer? Or Gallant. Gallant. Gallant, the whole series. Yeah, he he showed me a side of him that was kind of like immature and he was losing a bit of control here because, you know, they were talking about how he was chirping the players on the San Jose side. And uh, from all I can see, uh, like he was definitely talking to those players and I don't think it's a it's a very professional look. Um, but um, no, I, I'm definitely not on the side of Gallant in this little feud here that you're talking about. Yeah, you have no reason to be chirping players. We've no. talked about this. The players work fucking 30 times as hard as you do. You yeah. don't do shit all. I love the Ferraro quote. It was, it's amazing how powerful you get when you step three feet off the ice and put on a suit. Oh, that was the good. quote. And I just, that's so true. That's this good. guy feels empowered because he's the coach of this team. And yeah. so he's fucking chirping Logan Couture because he's taking pucks to the mouth and his, and his chicklets are sitting on the ice. And Give not, me a break. Yeah, not to mention he he was really giving it to the referees as well, which also wasn't a good look, and, and just a totally sarcastic yeah. manner. So, so yeah, so the puck, bad. yeah, the puck drops. Game seven underway after that dud of a game between Boston and Toronto. Oh, Thank God we got this one. I just want to rewind just quickly: is that Thomas Hurdle predicted mm. the game seven? Uh, not so fast. Apparently, yeah. there were some language issues. Language. He he doesn't. His English isn't very good. Oh. The way DeBoer construed it was this was a guy whose English is his second language. He okay. didn't mean that, and he okay. didn't make the guarantee. That's what DeBoer said, kind of oh. to lower expectations. Sounds going like to game PR seven. work. To I me. loved it. I loved it. But anyways, we'll move on. Okay. Game seven. <laughs> uh, honestly, three nothing Vegas. Pack it in. I thought I thought San Jose was the better team. I was going to have this really? conversation with you, Kyle. I was going to say of the Game 7s, Toronto was the better team and San Jose was the better team, and they both lost. That was kind of the rhetoric I was going to approach this show with. Okay. And San Jose, they were the better team. They had a bunch of scoring chances. Vegas, I thought that third goal was odorous by Martin Jones. Um, the Pacioretty one? Yes. Okay. Along the ice, five hole. It's it was tough, good. though. No, too bad. You got to save that. Yeah. Your team's got to claw back. You can't yeah. claw back three nothing, but they did. Shut um, up. I'm, they I, did. I, I, I listen, <laughs> listen. I got an exam the next day. I'm ready to hit the hay. My blood sharks are out. I'm totally conceding. I can't believe you watched. I'm it. conceding the defeat. Yeah, but I stick through it. Ten minutes left. We all know it. The hockey world will not shut up about it. The cross check to Joe Pavelski, the guy who took the puck to the face in game one, has. I, I presume he had a wound there. And maybe the wound reopened yeah. on his way to yeah. hitting the ice. Maybe that's what happened. That was weird He's, as shit. He, it's a weird cross check. The cross check, by all accounts, is basically it's one of those cross checks that the refs don't uh, they don't call. It's just a casual cross check. It, if they do yeah. call it, it's a two minute minor. Right. That's it. If but they most call of it. the time in the playoffs, you don't call that in no. game seven. Yeah. So he cross checks him. He f- kind of does a weird flail. Falls over Paul Stasny, who happens to be there. He Fuck. was going to another look. Like Paul Stasny yeah. was in the way of going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, falls on the ice. His head's the second thing to fall on the ice after his shoulder. And uh, next thing you know, he's bleeding from the head. And everyone's worried. Uh, I loved seeing Joe Thornton hold the towel on his head and help him off the ice. That's like what a doctor does, but Joe Thornton was doing it. Just great character. It's very concerning. Shows, shows, <laughs> shows, the, shows the camaraderie on that team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, needless to say, they get the five-minute call. And then in mm. what I can only summarize as up there in the greatest moments of hockey I have ever seen. Wow. They take the game over 4-3. Kyle, I was I was prancing around my little apartment. I was Oh on, man, I can't imagine. I was on my knees at some point. At 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 the end of it, I shed a tear. Wow. I'm tearing up right now talking to you. Wow. I just shed a tear right now talking to you guys. I'm glad. This this goal was right up there with Jordan Eberle. No! Jordan, Don't! Uh, Jordan Eberle's goal and Crosby's golden goal to me. Wow. As a San Jose Sharks fan. Holy shit. This, this was top three. Holy shit. Where's the Kleenex? It's right there. He's actually, oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicholas Costu has <laughs> cried for the first time on the Rink Moose podcast. Yay! It was, it was amazing. Oh. Oh, folks, this is a first. <laughs> this is a first for How Rink Moose. How do you do that? How do you, how do, you do that? You're down, they're down 3 nothing with 10 minutes left. This amazing Vegas <clears throat> team who I picked to win the cup. I picked them to win the cup. Yes, you did. I went with my mind instead of my heart, and I re- and I and I regret it. Of That's course. why I'm crying right now because I regret it. Wow! I jumped off the boat on this team when I shouldn't have. Wow! They persevered. I loved the reactions of the goals at the end of the <clears throat> LeBanc goal to make it four three. He does a Lambo leap into the Sharks bench like this was stuff out of junior hockey in Game Seven of an NHL game. It was it was amazing. The Gord and Ferraro, I knew magic was going to happen when I found out they were calling the game, that it was going to be an amazing game. It was the perfect broadcast team to do the game. People were leaving the rink. Gord was talking about how the people behind him were gone. He was also talking about how the water next to him was shaking the whole time. And his monitor, yeah. It was it was so, so cool. And thank God they won that game. Because if the March of Sotine goal goes in and Vegas wins that game, it's all for nothing. Yeah, But I told you, Kyle, this team was going to win the cup when Pavelski took that puck off the face in game one. Wow. I told you, the first goal of this team's run in the playoffs is off a player's face into the net, and he has to leave leave the game. Wow. And then and then not only that, uh, Couture <clears throat> takes, takes a... He almost... He loses the most important body part in his entire body in game two. Am I right? He, lo- he, he said he thought he lost his testicle thought he did but he didn't he thought he did yeah like this is fucked these stories you're hearing in this series mm. he loses the chicklets two games later and he and he ties up the game in game seven and you saw the body language after the first goal that's one and then he scores the third that's three and Thornton on the bench you're reading all the things on the athletic how when they took the power play he said boys we're getting fucking three goals here <laughs> like it was just magic it was like movie you can make a wow. movie off this shit <clears throat> Wow. Uh, like I said, top three in my mind of those two moments, Eberly, Crosby, this. No wow. particular order. It's right there in the top three. Amazing. Done. 
Yeah. And oh, and one more thing. DeBoer proved he's an amazing coach. Uh, Barkley Goudreau doesn't see the ice that entire overtime. There's two minutes left. Hmm. He throws Goudreau on the ice to surprise the other team. They're all tired. They're out of gas. Throws fresh legs on. Fucking skates by that Vegas defenseman. Scores the game winner. Wow. And Carlson, vintage Carlson. Vintage. The doubts are out the window. This guy's going to give you 100% for the playoffs. Absolutely. I'm going to shut up now and let you talk. <laughs> Nick, that was uh, that was truly beautiful work. Perhaps your best work on this show. I saw a true fan come out of that uh, that whaler's jersey <laughs> that you're wearing. I should get my shark's hat. It's yeah. just in my room. So that, that was some beautiful stuff. Uh, this is what it's all about. I mean, he's, he's wiping his eyes right now. It, it is truly what it's all about. Uh, you must have been just over the moon. Um, I, I I could not I could not fall asleep that night for like a couple hours. No, I was I was up to. This is where you would love hockey Twitter. You'd be scrolling through and you'd be like, No, yeah, no Twitter, no Twitter. I kept this to myself. This was me. Well, that's not right, Nick. No, it's... in these moments you want to share it with someone, Mm-mm-mm. which is why I uh, I sympathize a little bit. But I mean, obvi- I I was obviously going for Vegas in this game. And I did not watch the game because I had a big day the next day. I'll be honest with you. But when I was watching these highlights, and I, this was in the morning, and, you know, Dell was, you know, milling around getting her <laughs> shit done. I was like, and I didn't, I didn't, I kind of glanced at the score. I didn't really know what was going on. You weren't on. I, watching I tried the game. To, I, no, I, I didn't watch the game. Okay. But I, when I watched the highlights, I didn't look at the score before I hit video. I sort of glanced at it, and I was like, no way. <laughs> no, no, Dell, Dell, get over here! Come look at this. I'm like, this can't be happening. This is absolutely unbelievable. What happened? What? Who stood out to me, Nick? Logan Couture has earned mm. my respect in a major, major Young way. Young kid from London, Ontario. This guy got things going in a big way. He got that first goal. I think he got the third goal. And then, uh, and then it was it was just, you know, downhill from there. I mean, in downhill in a good way. But man, if this Sharks team doesn't have some sort of fucking crazy resolve, I, I don't know who does. Um, but uh, all the all the heroics aside, and it, and it was truly heroic. Uh, Carlson, I don't know what they did. They must have injected him with some sort of pain numbing device because. He was absolutely vintage. And this is why they got him. This is like, this is the general manager in a fucking Superman cape in games like this. Eric Carlson was fucking vintage. Um, But uh, we have to talk about it because we're an objective podcast. Um, This five-minute major should never have happened. And... uh, and we know that the you, you mentioned it. The, the it was more of a shove. Uh, Pavelski goes down, and for whatever reason, the refs decided to call it because of all the blood. But uh, you know what? We could chalk this up to Nick. The hockey gods had other plans. The hockey th- this was somehow meant to be, and somehow, and he got into the rooms there, and he des- he decided that you know this team was meant to move forward. So. What what excites me the most is that we have a team that I'm extremely passionate about and that you're extremely <laughs> passionate about. All of a sudden, we're facing off mm. and it's going to be a blood-thirsty, right uh, 
bloodbath. It's going to be amazing. And it, uh, unfortunately, we're going to be in different parts of the country for most of this. But uh, we'll be back for the important part, I presume. For Game 7, the inevitable yes, Game 7. The inevitable seven. Game 7. But yeah, no, uh, super impressed. San Jose, I wrote them off, obviously. You, wrote, you hated I this wrote team. I wrote them off. You hey. said this team's going to have to look in the mirror. It was you said that one. last episode. You said this team's gonna have to have a yeah. hard look in the mirror. And I was Joe Thornton's <laughs> career is done. It was like you were done, so man. I was looking correct until and you wanted it to happen. Like the way tone of your voice was like yeah. you were glad. You oh, hated I wanted to this rub fucking it in. team. Yes. in November when they were playing like shit, you're like, oh, I love this juicy storyline with yeah. them playing like shit. Martin Jones, like you can't have confidence. He in this looked. Guy. He did not look like Martin Jones. When he made that over-the-head glove oh. save, I was like, that's not Jones. That's a, <laughs> that's a flurry save. A phony. He, he's stealing Flurry's identity yeah. here. He does not have that athleticism. Question but is... I thought they were done in overtime. Like, oh, Jones looks so shaky, but he somehow stopped the puck. Right. Now, the question is, do they have anything left emotionally? Yeah, that, that's a problem. Emotionally, they, they've come from Mount Everest... You got to come back to base camp. This now. and this segues well into into predicting the series. But yeah, let's. It's let's, it's very. We've in. learned history has. It's very difficult to have such an emotional series to go through those rigors emotionally and physically, and to be ready for the next round. We saw it with Boston, Toronto last year. Boston lays an egg against Tampa. It's like, and we. It's more than just that. We see it year after year. Colorado, they had a swift road. Five games, they beat confidently beat Calgary on the road. They've been sitting at their home eating, like sitting at home eating for like seven days. Don't right? say eating chips. I was gonna say what eating chips. S- yeah, I'm sorry. I knew. I it. take that back. <laughs> the point is, one team's rested, the other is just emotionally, physically destroyed, and that's what gives Colorado <clears throat> their advantage. At the same time, Calgary was not a veteran team. They did not have a ton of character. They don't seem like a team that can f- persevere in the playoffs, whereas no. the Sharks are the complete opposite. They deserve respect. They've clearly earned it through a series like this. They took out my Stanley Cup champion. If you take out my champ- Stanley Cup champion, I immediately give you respect. Not to mention Vlasic, p- the man they call Pickles. <laughs> I, I love that nickname. When DeBoer <laughs> calls him Pickles in post-game press conferences, I love it. Oh, my God. And, hey, they, they were down 3-1, and that's because Pickles didn't play. And then Pickles yeah. comes back, 3-2, 3-3, they win game seven, all because of Pickles. He shut down that line, that top line of Vegas, and I think he's a huge part of this team, and I don't think it's getting enough attention. It um, is not getting enough Ever since attention. he returned in that Vegas series, it was a different series. That stone line, quiet as fuck. Mm. You did not hear stone lighting it up at all. He did not have that same confidence about him. He was not try-hard stone. Vintage tryhard stone. Because I think Pickles got under his skin. Wow. So that's huge for San Jose. I think they get the coaching edge. I think DeBoer will outclass Jared Bednar. They get home ice. And the Shark Tank, I fucking told you the Shark Tank was the best playoff atmosphere in this playoffs. I have something to say about that. That just paid off in that game seven with the water shaking. I'm sorry. Nope. Um, Not buying it. It's there's, There's just too much going here. This is my team. How can I not go with San Jose Sharks? How many, the games? Only How many thing, games? The only thing that scares me 
is Nathan McKinnon abusing you Marty Jones. You better be fucking scared. It's I have coming. A, this is this is classic, and I've had this feeling where there's that really good player on the other team. He oh, sees gonna, he sees me making saves, and he's, he's like, tear him up. "This goalie's dusty. He is I can light him up. Him up. He looks out of it." He, Nathan McKinnon is going to get like 20 shot attempts every game because he, he just knows he can score on Martin Jones from center ice. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's going to say to himself. You. Uh, so that's the X factor here. If there's a matchup X factor, it's Jones v. McKinnon. Hmm. That's it to me. If Jones steps up like he did in the game seven and make those over-the-head glove saves on McKinnon, then it's donezo. But if McKinnon abuses him, finds out he's shit, and abuses the fuck out of that relationship. <laughs> Finds it's done. Out. He yeah. knows. You think he knows? Oh, he knows. He's sitting at home going, this guy's dusty. Yeah. He can see it on the television. He's been watching the series. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So immediately he's going to have 20 shot attempts a game. He's probably got 10 shots in the game already. Yeah. Um, That's the X factor to me, but I still think Jones's defense alongside pickles will mitigate that. If you shut down Mark stone, you're going to, you're going to shut down Nathan McKinnon. That's the way I see it. Come on, Kyle. Wow. Stone. You shut down Stone. You can't shut down McKinnon? <clears throat> Absolutely not. He doesn't skate like Absolutely. him. Absolutely. But he, but he tries hard. Actually, McKinnon tries pretty hard. McKinnon's on 120% yeah, he, he every does. single he does. second. He does. And the Norris Trophy winner just told you that fact. The Norris Trophy winner just told you, fucking watch it. Because this guy cannot be stopped. And... Nathan McKinnon's never been in the second round. Nathan McKinnon smells blood and it's coming from the shark. Hmm. Good line. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, let, let's get into it. I mean, uh, what we have is a bigger, slower team, more capable of physicality. And then what you have is a speedy, younger group who... Uh, they probably can't handle themselves as well physically, but you know they're no slouch. And uh, what I can see is like, how many tendons does Eric Carlson have left in those? Oh come on! In those, it doesn't feet. matter if he, it's in a meaningful game. He you know what? He Nick, recovers. Nick, I don't know what they had to inject him with <laughs> to get him the this team. It just seems like they gave everything they had left into tying up and winning. This <laughs> it series. really does. I mean, what does Martin Jones have left emotionally? It's almost like they woke up the next morning and said, oh, shit, we have to play another series now. Yeah, like, I just uh, I, I just don't know what we're going to see from them. And uh, not to mention the fact that Colorado's rested. Like, San Jose's been just going bloodbath after bloodbath after let's pour in our heart and our souls. So, I mean, you could say they're more battle-tested. That's the opposite argument. But uh, I think Jared Bednar has a, a firm group, firm grasp on this Avalanche team. And I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of jump, a lot of jump from this team. And that uh, it's going to be a good series. It's going to be a six-gamer. But Colorado's going to take this. They're going to win at the Pepsi Center game six. Absolutely. Whereas I would disagree. I, I, think, if, I think it can't go six. Because if it goes six, either San Jose is winning that game. They're, they're, they, we sh if we learn one thing on the road, winning that game six in Vegas, you score a shorthanded goal in overtime. Are you kidding me? How well, do you do that? This this Shark Tank that you talk about, I'm not buying this. You're not buying this. I mean, you, See, you're this is why about, I offered to fly you out there. I know. You're talking about this shaking monitor and Ray Ferraro getting all scared. 
Well, guess what? That's because they were witnessing absolute greatness. Of course, it's going to shake the damn monitor. I, I was looking at the game, and those fans weren't standing up for the most part. They were they were sitting down. So, you know, crowd for crowd, I think we have uh, called a draw. Goalie for goalie, give me Grubauer. Uh, defense, defense, San Jose. Nope. Shut I, I would, your mouth. I wouldn't even give them that. Their defense has been porous all fucking oh, season. give me a break. I, I don't trust any of those guys defensively. They don't have a guy like Pickles on Colorado. D- Sam Gerrard is back. You've got literally Cole paired with Makar. You've got oh, EJ paired no. with Gerrard. No. You've got Barry paired with Zadorov. It's the perfect Nemeth, balance. Nemeth is gone? You have, yes. He's Nemeth gone. Is, Nemeth is He's out. He's a healthy scratch. You've got fucking... Uh, a, a puck mover and a big guy on every fucking line. It's deadly. It's dangerous, and you better watch yourself. What about the secondary scoring? The secondary scoring. It was a, it was apparent. This guy Colin Smith. This guy is a hell of a player, and nobody talks about him. This guy. He was looking like Nathan McKinnon some shifts. This guy Colin Smith, and then I learned later that he's uh, he's really big into meditating, and he's just this dojo kind of character. And, I, and he's been fan. Tyson Jost at times looked absolutely dynamic. I don't have a problem with secondary scoring anymore. We talked about that narrative mm-hmm. in Calgary, and it was a fucking non-existent narrative. To me, they, they destroy the depth scoring department, San Jose. Of course. Yeah, looking at the rosters. Joe, Thor- say- Joe Thornton's on your third line. Joe and Thornton, he's a fucking Joe fossil. Joe Thornton's a Hall of Famer. Joe Thornton cannot skate with this team. He's one of the greatest players of all time. On home ice, you better watch yourself if Joe Thornton's against uh, the But McKinnon when he's playing line. with, when he's watch playing with money in the bank, Kevin LeBanc, he doesn't have to skate. I don't he, think so. LeBanc does all the skating. I don't, I think. Did uh, you see LeBanc in that game seven? He looked like he was a star. Nick, I've never seen anybody on planet Earth skate like this Avalanche team. Ah. <sighs> I, I see. They don't have grit. They don't have... Who's going to step up to Evander Kane? Zadorov. Fuck off. He's a hell of... Yeah, come on. You're going to take the Russian over Evander Kane? Come on. Well, they don't have Evander to... Evander Kane have fought... To play. He fought Ryan Reeves. I understand that. Zadorov's not fighting Ryan Reeves. You know Reeves. what? If Evander Kane's going to play that game, be my guest because he's not going to be scoring goals. He's going to be being We don't shit. need him to score goals because Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer are going to do it for him. Bring it on. I say and when they on. go down, Couture is going to go off. You, uh, I, I don't think you can cut either way on character. No, I, no I'm sorry. Character San Jose. No, I can't agree. How? How? Sure, Where's the character on the Colorado? It's, it's we talked everywhere. about McCarr, but I don't see it other, other than that. You're, you're, full of, you're full of dog trash. Do I have to listen to interviews now? Just because we haven't seen them go through a test like San Jose does. I mean... So if I mean, McKinnon falls, the the if, day. If, so if Landeskog falls on the ice and he's bleeding from the head, McKinnon's going to grab the towel and put it over Landeskog. Absolutely, head. fuck no, absolutely, fuck off. And then he'd score the game winner. Fuck. But off. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, San Jose put themselves in this position. San Jose went down three one. They did. San Jose should never have gotten <laughs> that power play. They shouldn't be here. We're not. We're, we should be talking about Vegas right but now. When the, the referees gave him a gift, medal to the medal, perseverance. Oh sure, no like then you play hard. Take nothing away from their perseverance and their heroics, but they should not be here. And and Colorado defeated the number one seed with ease. We shouldn't take away from their character but because of that. Yeah, well, because of that. Jury's so we out don't know. On, jury's out on whether they should have been a number one seed. But. They showed extreme character last year as a hey, fucking bullshit team. I like going I'd, up against the President's Trophy winners and taking them to six with okay. the Hamburglar third stringer in the goaltending pit. 
I like Colorado. You know I do. I've been I've been on that train since October it's when I saw guy. those games. Steve, <laughs> I, and I turn back to that Tampa Colorado game where Steven Stamkos after the game said, "We the Tampa Bay Lightning are the fastest team in the NHL, but I think we just ran into a team that's even faster than us." That's what Steve, Steven Stamkos said, really? and I've remembered that quote since that day. It's pretty and good. I, that's a very good quote. <laughs> and they're gonna quote. they can out they can outskate San Jose, and that's what scares me. And they can outgoal 10 San Jose because they got a hot goalie in, in Grubauer. So it's going to be very close. And I don't want to take anything from Colorado. The only reason I'm, I have to justify San Jose's case is because I think they're going to squeak over the edge. Because I just, I just think when, when, when it gets to the end of a game like we saw against Vegas, character trumps. As Pierre said, analytics don't matter. It's all character in the playoffs. I need to stick with the team. I need to stick with the team that knocked out the Vegas Golden Knights, who I had going to the final. Logically, that makes sense. I'm going San Jose. Seven games. And I would expect nothing less from Yeah, we can't. Fuck no. Like, you can't see, you can't stare me in the eye and say San no. Jose's winning this game. God, and man. I can't stare you in the eye I, I after to... I just cried and say Colorado's <laughs> going to win this game. Fuck I have off. To show my, I have to show myself out of this room yes. right now and put down the mic yes. for good. Fuck, I feel awful doing those predictions and not going with my heart. I know. Like, Always go with your heart. Exactly. What am I saying? Exactly. I'm sure that line's been preached in hundreds of movies. That's go with your heart. That's the only reason I won those Pittsburgh years is because I just you go I with your heart. Team. It's no fun going with your mind. No. So you can sit there with your arms crossed and be, you know, old old smart Pierre. No. Like fucking go with your heart and either you're wrong and you go wrong in your heart or you're right and you feel you feel great, you know? Yeah, the the narrative about Either, uh, you know, when you, you pick against your favorite team and you're either happy or you're right. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. You want both at the end of the day. You do. So, so we're going to we're gonna side on that. We're going to move on. In that on, department. Yeah. We're yep. going to move yep. on. Everyone knows where we stand. And I'm sure we'll have a very passionate update when we return to this series in a week. Mm-hmm. Moving on, the other series in the West. Actually, I want to end with that series. Okay. For obvious reasons. Okay. Um, we're going to go to the series that no one's looking forward to. That's Carolina and Islanders. Sure. Uh, tonight aside, as if you didn't look at the result. Okay. Who do you like in the series? I like the Islanders. Hmm. I, uh, I, I like the fact that uh, they're well-rested. Again, the other team's gone through a war. Uh, they're well-coached. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I did watch a bit of this game today and uh, it just went to, to remind me the fact that, uh, you know, Matt Barzell is as smooth as a hot piece of butter. This guy is a, an, an absolute wet diaper. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about in the car on the way over here, like, what could I say about this guy? Sorry. No, but the, yeah, he, he's awesome. This, they got the best fourth line in hockey and they're rested. So you got a, a team that likes to play the body, and uh, they're going to be capable of doing so against, uh, again, a Carolina team that has shown amazing character. I think this is going seven. L- mm-hmm. l- I'll put that out there. Yeah. Uh, defensively on paper, you know what? That's the thing. These teams are both great defensively. So you're going to see a lot of 2-1 games. You're going to see a lot of one nothing games. Uh, offensive is not going to dictate the series. I'll break it down even further to Leonard versus Mrazek. Mrazek's been awesome. Great, great for him. But I think Leonard, as the Masterton Trophy winner, is going to pull this out. And I think 
this is the Islanders' year to, to just keep proving people wrong. So I'll, I'll go with them. Um, X-Factor is going to be that fourth line in their ability to grind an already tired Carolina team. Yeah, it's the same debate as last series, right? One team's fresh. The yeah. other team is dead tired, emotional win. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I think this is going to be a great experiment series where people can looking forward can go, what matters more, like uh, emotional victory or being well-rested, right? Mm-hmm. You'll look back at this series and you can use that in your evaluation moving forward. But to me, I, A, depth. <clears throat> I think Carolina has better depth, depth on defense specifically. For sure. I, I love depth on defense. If you have depth on defense, you immediately have Nick in your boat. I mean, it's, it's something I, I, I value big time. Goaltending to me is a wash. I just I see a tandem on both ends here, so I can't really give the edge to anyone. Um, and then on the forward side of things, hey, Islanders have Barzell. You're right. But Carolina's got Ajo. I think Ajo and Barzell are very close. Very close. And different players, but very close. Sure. Um, and then you look around those stars. I mean, Carolina, they've got vintage Eberle, who's looked vintage, mm. vintage mm-hmm. good this series. And all those other guys, the Lees of the world, Brock Nelson of the world. And then Carolina, it's oddly similar. Like you, They're good players. They're just not super flashy stars, right? Tara Vinen, Justin Williams. It's so darn close this series. There's so many parallels. And, mm-hmm. and, and Carolina has the better depth on defense, but then, but then Islanders have the better structure on defense with the, with the whole system they're employing. Mm-hmm. Fuck. When it's so darn close, I just, I just go to character. So I'm going Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing the jersey right now. How the f- Heart. Like I said, go sure. with your heart. Yep. So um, I'm going with my heart yet again. I'll go Carolina in... Jeez. Uh, Hey, they, I want it. Like, it's so hard to say they can win in that building, that other building. It's not the same one, eh? It's not. Oh, the, yeah. They're in Barclays. The good one. Carolina yeah. and seven then. I, when I watched the game, yeah. it was ridiculous. How different First, it was. they had like a, a very high up over the head view. And I'm like, what the fuck is right. this? And then midway through the first, they right. changed it to the to the regular view. I'm like, you guys can't be That's changing dusty. the broadcast in the middle. That's This dusty. is ridiculous. And uh, it just, it's not the same. That is dusty. It's not the same atmosphere. So That's very dusty. They're going to hurt from that. They're, they've really fed off that crowd against Pittsburgh, so they're going to hurt from that. But yeah, yeah no, no complaints here. I could see this going either way. I could see it being a series that mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time, it's, it's going to be low scoring, but I'd kind of like to watch it because of those physical matchups and and, uh, and the chess mm-hmm. match that and, it could and one, turn into. one coach has the mind. Like he's smarter than the other coach and he's got the yeah. experience. But then the other coach has the passion the fire, and the yeah. love and the fire. And I just want to side with that team. Fair. Like when it's so darn close, I want to side with that. Yeah. So Carolina. I get it. Alrighty. Moving on. The other matchup in the East, in my mind, the toughest to predict. I don't know if you'll agree with that, but this, this is oh. very tough. Yeah. Boston V CBJ. Very tough. Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Cinderella story of the first round, knocking out the almighty John Cooper's Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this is tough. And again, it's that same argument, right? Fresh team against emotionally tired team. Like, this we're, is running through this whole playoffs. We're getting into that a lot. Yes. And, uh, I mean, 
Goaltending. I don't know. I, I want to say I like Bobrovsky more, but Rask was great in the Leaf series. He really mm. surprised me. I feel like he's at a different gear because he's got Halak behind him. That's changed his whole game. Mm. Defense. This one's easy, Boston. It's too darn good. It's so much depth. We saw guys like Carlo play the best hockey of his life. Um, guys like uh, who's 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 that who's that really guy? He really Sean Corrali. Sean Corrali. He's he's a he's a he's Grizzle a chick. Gri- Grizzlick. Corrali's the forward. Grizzlick. Yeah, right on on defense. Uh, McAvoy and Chara duo, as you'd expect, amazing. I don't see that same depth on Columbus's defense. I know they have Wierenski and um, and Jones. I know David Savard stepped up and was a star in his series. That was awesome. <clears throat> and then, you know, forwards, you see you see Boston. I think that coil line with Johansson is just getting into form right now. Mm. I think they're great. They had a great game one last night. Corrali is healthy. We saw him go bar down on, uh, or it wasn't bar down, but it was a nice shot. I think you'd agree with that, right? On, on yeah. Freddie. Could you do that? Of course. You could do that? Yeah. No. Okay. God that was a nice. It. Come on. That was nice. Um, and then and then the top line is going to be the top line. I don't want to get too technical. Like I don't want to look at lines too much because I did that in the Tampa series. Yeah. And, and Columbus burnt me. Fuck it. Fuck it. So at the end of the day, like it's just a, a, a feel thing at this point because yeah. I oh, know I know Columbus has this magic and I know I know I know uh, you know uh, what's his face I'm the coach. Oh, uh, John Tortorella. John Travolta. John Tortorella. <laughs> versus Butch Cassidy. Yeah, versus Butch Cassidy. Um, <laughs> Tortorella is going to fire them up for every game. Um, but I don't know. To me, I think the magic runs out. I go Boston. They're too good. How many games? Uh, Boston in... Boston in... Six games. Holy the wi- shit. The win in Columbus. And it's funny because we talked about uh, how it was rested versus battle tested. Yeah. It's also smart coach versus fire coach in my mind. Who's I think fire coach? Tortorella. Oh, yeah. Tortorella's got the fire. He's, he's got, got the flame. He's not smart? He's not as... I don't think he's as technically sound as uh, as Butch. You know, I love Tortorella because I, I was looking at clips the other day of his old tenure. I, yeah. I remember that one about him calling that guy out. Well, you probably got beat up at a bus stop back in the day. Eh? Holy shit. <laughs> the fact that? that guy is the same guy we're seeing right now is crazy. crazy. You saw that clip, right? Uh, No. I'll show you after. I didn't this. see it. It was clip. great. He's changed so much, and, it, and it's such a pleasure to see. That's great. I yeah. mean, he's uh, he's like an endless highlight reel of, yes. of, of silly things to say. Yes. So. But uh, I, I still really love this team. Like this, uh, let's get into the goalies. Uh, Rask was good, but I think Bobrovsky has the capability of being better. Uh, and he was great against Tampa. He started off really shaky, but then he was vintage Bob. Uh, in, in terms of defense, Seth Jones is the best defenseman of the series. Oh, really? He is the best defenseman. He might be... He might be the best defenseman left in the playoffs. Wow. He is an absolute... With Giordano out, he is an absolute star. I think this guy has the, the capability to not only shut guys down, but to take over physically and to, uh, and to put the puck in the net. Um, 
and Wierenski's no slouch either. Savard, like this is a, a really rough and tumble, skilled defense. I'm going to give it to Boston, mm. but it's by a hair. It's not as much as, uh, as, as, as you'd think originally. And I think Chara's missed a gear. Mm. He's slow. Chara is not the guy he used to be. But the and passion's think, there. The passion Punching is there. Tavares in the face, the passion oh, is there. Oh, sure. But if I'm Tortorella, I'm saying this, it's going in this guy's corner every single time. We're going into Chara's corner every single time. And, uh, and Chara's already been through seven games. In terms of battle-tested, this guy is not the guy you want to be playing those heavy minutes. Uh, he's not the guy for Boston that you want to be tired, is what I'm saying. But he's playing with Charlie McAvoy. I know, but Star McAvoy... Star in the making, McAvoy. McAvoy's great, but he can't always uh, you know, play both sides. And McAvoy's no Seth Jones. I'll, I'll, I'll make that clear right off the bat. Second of all... The forward groups, to me, they just, they're both so good. They cancel out in a way. I, I, I don't know who to give it to here, Nick, because I, I've made it clear that I love guys like, you know, Josh Anderson, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Nick Foligno, uh, Panarin's been, been himself. But at the same time, I don't think that group has the character as, as Boston. So I'll give the character edge to the Boston guys, but I'll say... You know, when I look at, you know, heights and weights and, and stat lines, I might go with Columbus because I just, I, I love the group. I think they're playoff uh, groomed. I think they're just perfect for this setting. And this is going to be a great series because it's two guys who can go skill and physicality. So it's going to be a hell of a series to watch. I might give the edge here just slightly to Boston because of that character fact. Yeah. And, how can you bet against the Bergeron guys and the Marchands of the I mean, world? We, we, yeah, we you saw move, you yeah. move Pasternak down to the second line. He's still producing. So now you've got the depth. Uh, you don't have to rely on one line. So that's awesome to see. Um, so this is super tight for me. This is going seven games, but uh, I'm going to give it to the. God damn it! I I'm going to give it to Columbus mm -hmm. because of. The ability of Tortorella to fire these players on an emotional level, get them firing emotionally, and the fact that they're far more well-rested. And a uh, big factor here is Chara and his, his missing speed. He's big. I think they're going to... They're gonna, he's the Achilles heel for me. If, if he plays big minutes and they're able to exploit him, it might be Butch Cassidy reeling him back and saying, listen, we got to cut you down a bit because he, he has the potential to be exposed here. You know what though, but I think he'll f he'll figure out the matchups, Butch. He'll mm. he'll figure out how to not detract from him too much with that. Yeah. Like he'll find a way to utilize him in the right manner, and he has so many other p toys to tinker with. Yeah, how he deploys Marjoran's line, Crazy's line. Actually, I think Crazy's injured, but regardless, I just feel like there's more matchups at his disposal, and he'll be able to work it all out. And and Mac, like I said, McAvoy, he's a star. Um, uh, 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 you know, related to Brian Hayes of TSN. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the running joke at Overdrive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you buy that? Uh, <laughs> what, McAvoy? And Brian Hayes. Yeah, I would buy that. <laughs> I would certainly buy that. <laughs> I mean, you met the guy, right? I did. He's. Yeah. We didn't have too many words between <laughs> okay. us, but he, he's a very nice guy. Yeah. He's a very nice. So guy. yeah, I mean, to me, uh, Boston. They, I mean, again, I'm going character. That's another reason I, I like them more. They have more character than the Columbus Crew. 
Uh, they, they, they just do. So that's that. Uh, again, we disagree three for three so far. This is great. I was just going to say we're, we're disagreeing on every, every single series. series so far. Okay. Final series, awesome. final series. I just checked San Jose in the, in the lead three, two. Much You're to your dismay. Full of shit. Joe Thornton scored a goal. I know. I'm looking at it, you piece of shit. Okay. That's going to be cool. Obviously, I'm staying for the third. <laughs> Come on. Fine. Okay. Even though this segue is nice into why I want you out of my house. I know. I know. Is I tomorrow, it. I am on my way. I got the producer of the Rink Moose podcast to sign off on this. I am being deployed to St. Louis, Missouri to cover Dallas St. Louis on behalf of Rink Moose. It's a huge honor. Nice. I'm going to get to see the players in the dressing room, interview them, see what the character's like, uh, interview Jake Allen, find out what his mental space is at, just sitting on the bench this whole this whole series. Um, meet Pierre. I know he's going to be there for the matinee tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. a drink with him maybe after the game. We'll see. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm stoked for this, not only from a personal level, but from uh, from just a Blues fan level. Again, I think this team has magic behind them. They have the best winning song of all the teams, Gloria. By uh, it's an old song back in the day, but it's the best winning song. And um, these things don't matter. It's character. It's a character. <laughs> like the guys choose these songs. It just speaks about who they are. Hmm. The point is, um, this team has magic about them. Binnington has stepped up. He's proved us wrong by beating the Winnipeg Jets, by stepping up to Shifley and Wheeler, not stepping down to those mooks. And uh, you see the, the depth, the Jaden Schwartz on the second line, it's, it's paid off. The Maroons on the fourth line, the character there, it's paid off. The way Craig Berube is running his bench, tough guy Berube, I, I love it very much. The top line is maybe not scoring all the goals, but they're getting the job done. O'Reilly's been as good as anybody in the face-off draw. I think that's going to be key. Um, not enough not enough talent on the Dallas team. I'm sorry. I love Ben. Careful, because we shit on this team. And hey, and I know, and I'm going with, hey, Rupert Hines, he's built like Ben, but he skates better than Ben. That's what? how I sum up Rupert Hines. He's like, uh, he's, he's a stud. Wait. This kid's a stud. Rupert? Rupert Hines. Hints. Okay. I don't know how the fuck you pronounce it, but he's got my respect. Right. Okay. And Rupert Hintz, Sagan, Ben, Radulov. It's a great group, but it doesn't have the depth. It doesn't have the number of names I can list off is St. Louis. Of course. Defense, it's not even close. The best defensive team in hockey against this 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 team that's got Klingberg and Heiskanen as their top two and a bunch of other no names. And then the goaltending, I don't even know if it's an advantage for Dallas. Because young, young Binington has stepped up, as we said, and he's proved us all wrong. He was a stud last night. He was a stud in that game. He closed them out. Dante's nodding his head right now. He is all aboard this Petrangelo-led oh, St. Louis bandwagon. I, I love it so much. This, Suck him off. This is the biggest, this is the biggest one-sided series of all of them. St. Louis in five. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Are we going to go four for four? Disagree here? You're not picking Dallas. That's such a bad pick. You have no reason to pick Dallas just to then other to piss me off. You don't you're, like this team. You're everyone, right. Everyone heard you last week. You're like, right. You, you don't like this team. You're right. But what if they change my mind? 
No, they didn't change my Did mind. Did you watch any of Nashville, Dallas? No. <laughs> <laughs> then they haven't changed your mind. Nick, listen. <clears throat> I think you're overrating St. Louis, but I think you're right on point with Dallas. Except, I think you're underrating Dallas's D. I think Dallas's D is, is a lot better than you think. I think they have they have some s- stability back there. Listen, they're they're a good defensive team, uh, and their goaltending is fantastic. Again, we're going with the tried and true guy versus the. Let's face it, Bennington wasn't amazing in the Winnipeg series. He didn't really shut the door or anything. If you look at his numbers, there were only like nine ten. What what is his number nine ten or below that? But he's clutch. He makes timely saves. It's not sure, about quantity sure, sure. and shots against. It's timely saves. He makes sure. timely saves. He was outstanding in that game last night. In the end, the other thing I I need to note this. I I I would not be doing my job if I didn't note this. Sagan and Ben and Radulov. This group, especially Sagan and Ben, has been waiting for this for about five years. Ever since Sagan got to Dallas and this became a legitimate team with legitimate offense, we've seen Jamie Ben address the fans and say, guys, listen, it's coming. Uh, just please be patient. We've seen a whole lot of stuff happen. And we've seen the owner or the CEO, whatever the fuck you want to call him, just rip his stars to shreds. And did they back down? No. They actually improved. When Jim Nill or whatever the whoever the fuck said it, they said, our players are shit. Why aren't Sagan and Ben getting a lot of points? I don't like this. Like a baby. <laughs> and what did they do, man? They, Especially Sagan, he picked his game up. These guys responded, and I totally respect that. And I think those forwards in particular, this leadership group, is hungrier than any group. Maybe not hungrier, but as hungry as any group in the league. So I'm not going to count them out like you are. I'm going to say this is going to six, maybe even seven. And uh, I'll take St. Louis. Yay! (laughs) St. Louis is going to the conference final. So we're 3-1. And you're shocked to hear that. Because I remember you were shocked that I had them going to the conference final last week. No. You're like, St. Louis, you got them in the conference final. No, I didn't say that. You did? Con- no, hey, I didn't run the tape. Dante, run the tape. Run the tape. Run the it's, it wasn't. I, I, I was surprised because I was so confident in Winnipeg. Okay. But, but now you're looking at them and you're like, this is an easy path. No, for me, St. Louis is now oh, going to the conference finals. Yes. My dream is going to be you versus me. Uh, St. Louis, Colorado, and just a war. Like if if well, San we got a war. This is the first I know, battle. We got to get through Who do you San like Jose? more, St. Louis or San Jose? Who do I like more? Who who, who owns Nick's heart more? I know you just oh, cried. I cry. <laughs> I mean, I love both teams. What if St. Louis did that? You would have cried as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. My heart's with both teams, but who's the better team? Like, a, just I put on my Pierre glasses. No, on. no, 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 no. Who do you like more? Ooh, Kyle, you can't do that to me on the air. Like, that's your hurt. You're, that's not. That's emotionally troublesome. You can't do that. It's like choosing between two kids. Oh, that's tough, man. Like, who would be the better Kyle versus Nick matchup? Colorado versus who? Uh, St. Well, St. Louis, they already have a rivalry with. Plus, it'll they're be the this, West Finals. They're in the same division. West Finals West would be great. Finals. This is my dream. No, they have a rivalry going back to game 82 
a few years ago, right? Yes. When they ousted Jake Allen and the Blues in game 82. We watched that game together. So I th- there's more history there. I think that's why it's a better rivalry. It would be more of a battle. But mm. like I said, St. Louis is getting to the next stage easy. Colorado has their work cut out for them. So Do they? That's the problem. I'm not sure. That's the problem. I'm not sure they do. Kale McCarr is melting under that San Jose sun right now. Kale McCarr can't ar- take it. Kale McCarr's already got an assist. I know, but he's melting. He's well, got what's three, his minus? This rookie defenseman What's his plus has, minus? Well, he's ne- he hasn't been on the ice for a goal I saw Last time I checked, McKinnon only had a shot on goal. Pickles must be shutting him down pretty no, good. I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay, well, regardless, this conversation goes to show you how eager we are to tune into this game right now. They're about to head into the third period. On that note, Kyle... And then overtime. Double overtime. Well, so you I'm don't not, get to sleep. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I got to cover the series for Rink Moose tomorrow. Um, so yeah, needless to say, I think that's all the ground we had to cover today, Kyle. Is that right? It is. And Makar's a plus one, and by Makar's the way. a plus one. Okay. What else is we'll new? We'll see what happens when we With talk. With two shots... Go okay. on, sorry. We'll see what happens when we have this, when we get back to this conversation in a week from now. But until then, thank you for tuning in yet again to this special live edition of episode 37 of the Rink Moose podcast. There's going to be great stories from the from the gateway to the West, the city of St. Louis <laughs> on next show. So we look forward to, uh, to, to, to letting you know about our respective road trips through the Midwest. And... Uh, Until then, Rink Moose is signing off.